0: Speakeasy well, downstairs. It. Yeah.
1: It's, it's one that didn't want to be found. Oh, we'll, we'll look it up. It was a uh, hell or high water.
2: Okay, there you hell go. or high
1: water. It's a cave. I mean, you you go down through a cavern. It's so neat. You have to be
2: escorted through like there's a secret there's door. A I say that loosely. Secret
1: entrance. But yeah.
2: that's I mean that's that's awesome. We love that stuff.
1: <laughs> you, you enter into a little curio shop and there's an attendant there and you tell them that you're here for the bar and not to to look around. And then they open up a bookcase and you walk down a staircase and it's it's just this expansive cavernous it's all candlelit. um there's there's uh, old know,
2: old books in books the bookcase upon books yeah, it's of- really neat
3: <laughs> so there you go folks for date night hey yeah hey, babe, come on we're going to hell welcome to another trip down the bourbon road with your hosts jim and randy So grab a glass of your favorite bourbon and kick back.
0: We would like to thank Tommy and Gwen Mitchell from Loghead's Home Center for supporting this episode of The Bourbon Road. Find out more about their fine rustic furniture at logheadshomecenter.com.
3: Well, Randy, you finally did it. Yeah, I finally... What did I, what did I did? Well, you finally got a musical group on the show. Yes, we finally got a musical group. You know, when you talk about bourbon culture, music's part of it, you know? And, uh, so when you get a group called a whiskey river, you kind of got to see what that's all about. You know, April and Cole on the show there, uh, bourbon stewards. Absolutely. Yeah. Great, great young couple,
0: um, getting married next year. Yeah. Uh, April Allen and Cole Bixler, whiskey river. Live.
3: And and I don't know. How do you get the name Whiskey River? And evidently they have it trademarked. You know, there's a every state you go in has a Whiskey River somewhere, you know, and it's usually a club, not a group. (laughs) So these guys are out of
0: Richmond, Kentucky. They're a a folk music duo. They do a lot of covers, but they also have some of their own original work. But they are um, both U.S. Army vets. Both served our country and uh, actually met in uh, Washington, D.C., uh, at an event, it's kind of doing shows for the for the servicemen but so. you know what what really amazes me is how the more and more times we do these interviews, the more and more people are
3: popping up to be certified bourbon stewards. We're gonna have to work on that Jim. I think we do need to I think I think you're right. but uh fun show and they've got an interesting recipe to share and we'll try to get that video we we videoed them making their signature drink there. so it
2: was a lot of fun. That I had a was, great time. yeah, it was all right.
3: So,
0: So uh, let's get on to the show. Sounds good. All right.
3: Hello, everybody. I'm Randy Minnick. And I'm Jim Shannon. And the Bourbon Road is back in Lexington today at Base 110 with our guest Cole Bixler And April Allen, a.k.a. Whiskey River. We'll get into that in just a moment. But uh, as you guys know, we usually start with a little pour, get things going. So first pour today, Jim, we brought something special. What do we got? We
0: did. We brought a Weller 107 pick, Weller Antique pick. Now, Uh, Now, who picked this? This is from the Silver Dollar Saloon in Louisville, Kentucky. Have you guys been to the Silver Dollar?
1: Actually, we have.
2: Have we? I don't remember. It must have been a good time. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's a great place. They they do some great picks there, and obviously they serve their bourbons there. And then they've got another outlet where you can actually go and buy their bottles, a mm-hmm. bottle shop. So this is, um, can you read the label? Is it bottle number barrel number six,
3: pick number six? Oh, okay. Yes, it's number six. The Silver Dollar Number Six Single Barrel Select. So
0: Weller 107. It's 107 proof. It's a weeded bourbon. Uh, it's, uh, one of the, one of the Weller products. It's kind of hard to find, you know, I guess it's a little easier to find than the Weller 12. Yes. Quite a, it bit, is. Quite it a is. bit. Not as, uh, not as easy to find as the green label Weller, the Weller special reserve,
3: but, uh, it's good stuff. Why don't we try it? Sounds good.
2: Sounds Let's good. Let's do it.
3: Digging the color on this. Ah,
1: there's that liquid sunset right there. <laughs> it's a nice amber color. You can tell it's been aged for a minute.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know what the average age is on a, on a Weller 107. I know
1: we just picked a
0: barrel day before yesterday over at Buffalo Trace. And it was for the foolproof pick. And I think it was a little over seven years. Mm-hmm. So it's probably six to, six to eight year or seven year time frame. This one
1: specifically, I, I'm not sure. For a uh, for 107 proof, it's pretty well balanced. It's a nice sipper. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's, it's kind of got a little bit of a kind of a fruity cherry kind right. of flavor to it. The nose for me was a little uh, subdued on this. It wasn't as, um, oh, it wasn't as, as, as
3: our fr- friend friend from Mash and Drum would say, he, he'd say it was a little muted. Mute, just a little muted on the front hmm. end.
2: I like the flavor. It's a little spicy. For a bourbon, yeah,
1: it's a little mm-hmm. spicy. It gets a little bit from the wheat. But leaves um, a
2: tingle on my tongue it's afterwards. It's got a nice
1: long
0: finish. I'm still tasting it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's interesting how a bourbon without any rye in it can sort of deliver some of that spice. I isn't was just it?
2: gonna say it tastes yeah. like a rye, a really good rye. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I think the 107, now the Weller's in in general typically give can give you a little bit of a a spicy note, and it's a, it's a bit of a surprise from a from a wheated bourbon. Mm-hmm. But we actually got a little bit of spice from that. Um, rebel yell the other day too didn't we
3: oh yeah yeah, yeah. we sure did that 10 year you talking about yeah mm-hmm. that's good stuff
0: so do you guys uh have you had the weller 107 before i don't think so we've not had this
1: one so which ones have you had uh we've had the entry-level weather weller um that's that's about it with our with our weller brand we uh were are privileged to do a, a pappy tasting not long ago weller's cousin yeah so.
0: Yeah, we got a feel for the family, but we haven't really delved into Weller yet. Well, that's that's what Weller becomes somewhere down the road, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the good the good Wellers, anyway.
3: <laughs> right. We got a feel for the family. I like that. Well, go. this is
0: a good bourbon. I really enjoy it. Um, I don't always have a bottle on my bar, um, but I'm pretty excited when I do have one on the <laughs> bar. So it's it's kind of nice. For me, um, between the three, the Special Reserve, the one I guess you guys have had the Special Reserve. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 107 Antique, and then the Weller 12. Um, Personally, this is my favorite.
3: So you like this better than the 12?
0: A lot of people like the 12 better. This one's kind of a little bit, I I think, a
3: little bit hotter, you know, a little bit higher proof. Oh, that, that's right. If there was a 200 proof out there, you'd be all over it when and,
0: and, and I like that.
3: Like. <laughs> <laughs> he likes his stuff hot. Well, you know <laughs> that. Like I like my women in my coffee, hot.
0: <laughs> well, the, uh, the full proof barrel that we picked is going to come in at 114. So it'll be a little bit higher than this one. Hmm. So nobody's had that yet. That's brand new. You'll have to tell us how that is. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll, we'll have you on the show again and we'll have a bottle. How would that
3: be? That'd be great. <laughs> that would be great. So, one of the questions we usually start off with to ask everybody is what does the bourbon culture
1: mean to you? Cole, go ahead and start off then. The bourbon culture I think what that boils down to is just uh friendship, fellowship. Um I mean, of course, bourbon has a history here in Kentucky. You can go, you know, back decades and and find a rich history of uh, you know, the relevance of bourbon, but what the culture boils down to is just opening a bottle with your friends, with your family, you know, and, and coming around that and coming together. And uh, that's what, that's what that means to me. Yeah. You know? So no right or wrong answers.
2: Right. Well, I think locally, like you said, Kentucky, I think um local family and friends, bourbon, when we have uh, folks visiting us from out of town or out of state, one of the first things we want to do is put some Kentucky bourbon in them, you know, because it's it's part of the experience of being here. Um, horses and bourbon. I mean, Kentucky's unique, <laughs> so we like to show a good time.
3: And don't and don't forget music. We'll get to that in the <laughs> oh, second yeah. half.
2: Oh
1: yeah, bluegrass. It's bourbon.
2: It's all of it. There you go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So those those answers are are, are great. I love it because it, it does mean that, right? It means it means um, fellowship, hanging out with good friends, uh, sharing something that you both. Kind of
1: appreciate. Uh, my grandfather used to say, "If you find two men who are strangers who never met, and you put them at a table with a bottle of good bourbon between them, they'll find common ground." Absolutely.
3: Whoa! What a great way to look at. Hey, out. I like that. I like that. Cheers! Cheers! Cheers to granddad. Cheers! Cheers!
2: <laughs> cheers! Pop! Pop!
1: Yeah. There we go. There so go. that
3: it was pop pop. Huh? Mm-hmm.
0: It was pop pop. Pop pop, okay. pop from Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. ah. a lot of peas. <laughs> so I ask you one at a time. Uh, because I'm not sure of the answer here, but where did you grow up?
2: Well, I was born in Richmond, but when I was two years old, my mom and I moved to California it's actually where I was raised, and uh, I went to Fresno State and joined ROTC, which brought me back out here and kind of reconnected with my Kentucky side of the family and those sorts. So I've got the California-Kentucky split kind of going. Just came back from my 20th high school reunion in Cali and got to introduce my shiny new fiance to everybody, so that was <laughs> awesome. And uh, talk, we talked a lot about bourbon to them and told them like, come to Kentucky and have like the greatest drinks. Um, and they're buying so,
0: tickets, right? Yeah, I mean, they're
2: already planning on they coming. Be. I mean, the wedding is still uh, a ways off. 2020. But um, yeah, it's... Uh, in,
3: in case you all didn't know, these two are betrothed to one another <laughs> and we'll be getting married shortly, but we'll get to that in the second half right, a little right.
2: more. But,
0: uh, and when you say Richmond, of course, you mean Richmond, Kentucky, yes, right. not Virginia. I'm no. sure there's a Richmond in virtually no, Richmond, every state Kentucky. in the country. That, so. There's a yeah. lot of Richmonds out there. Yeah. So
2: I came back, um, I was stationed at Fort Campbell and which is about three and a half, four hours away. And uh, went to Iraq a couple of times, and my family would come and see me get off the plane. And I, was not, I wasn't raised with them in my childhood, so it was in my Army years and my adulthood. I've been able to reconnect with a lot of loved ones, and it's been great. The support's awesome. I, we love Kentucky. So I'm not really—I was born here, not really from here, kind of drawn back to my roots, and I feel good about it.
1: Cole, what about you, man? Uh, I was born in Pennsylvania, um, just about an hour outside of Philly, a little town called Hamburg. No one's ever heard of it. Don't worry. But uh, yeah, I, I had a pretty standard upbringing there. Then I joined the army too. And that sent me around the world. I met a beautiful girl. She said she was, had already made plans to move to Kentucky. I had no plans whatsoever. So I just followed her here. <laughs> I don't know why it was never on my radar though. It's it's just a great place. We're surrounded by the bourbon culture. Like we said earlier, music is everywhere here. It, it's just a perfect place for me to end up.
2: We didn't meet till after we were both out of the army, but we both volunteered, um, to do musical performances and music therapy through a nonprofit that got us together in the nation's mm-hmm. capital one veterans day to put on a <laughs> performance for family and friends there. And we were put in a USO rehearsal room together. And yeah, we were I heard kinda... him sing. He heard me sing. <laughs> and it was kind of a Kind of the start. I heard an
1: angel sing, and I oh, opened the
2: door. Oh, really my like, gosh. Now, now lit- it's starting. <laughs> well, this,
3: this bourbon is getting sweeter oh, by the hey, minute here, yeah, this folks. is the, This
2: is the bourbon that makes you super sweet. We'll have to get this one.
3: Uh,
0: uh, He's
2: always in a good mood, but he seems a little extra sweet today. So, uh, <laughs>
0: so did you guys go on your first date in D.C.?
2: Yeah. Was it? It, was, it was at
1: least in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Maybe not D.C. proper, but.
2: but. Right. Well, I and I was in just a part of my life where I was single with two children and and uh, wanted to leave Virginia, wanted to come back home or go somewhere where I had some kind of support system, kind of starting over. You know, a lot of people go through that and we had just sort of met. And then I was like, my my house is selling. I'm moving to Kentucky. We had just started dating. And it was one of those I would never ask him or beg him or make him feel guilty about coming with me or staying home or whatever. I was like, that's where I'm going. I have family there. I have good feeling about it. I got to go and uh, can't afford to live in D.C. anymore anyway, you know, and I wanted a different view. So he decided to come out here and check it out. And he loved it. He loved Kentucky. We love it here. It's yeah. We've only been here two and a half years. Yep.
1: Oh, so you haven't been here that long. Not that long. long. Not too long. Don't
2: need the GPS driving around Lexington. (laughs) so.
3: (laughs) So, So let's move on to that first bourbon experience. When was the first time you had it? Where were you, uh, you know?
2: The first one I remember is with you. Oh, really? Yeah.
3: Oh, so, this oh, so is you, a, you guys are pretty recent. That's too. a late experience. We
2: sort of came to Kentucky at the same time, and it was just sort of everywhere. I was always a gentleman's jack kind of girl, and I really didn't dive into the culture or had an interest in it like I do now. When I was in the Army, I was just too busy and too tired. <laughs> just no time to party. <laughs> um, but uh, I think it was our love of bourbon started kind of just here just being here
1: being here really mm-hmm. opened it up yeah i was a i was a jack daniel's guy too before mm-hmm. i moved here it opened up a whole new world for me but i, I think my very first bourbon now that i'm thinking about it uh, i was probably far too young for it i found some wild turkey in my uh in my parents liquor cabinet and had a swig of that thought it that was the the height of uh adulthood there you go <laughs> and uh that kicked my butt yeah, yeah. Back then. <laughs> now, now, when was that?
0: No, oh, the goodness. statute of limitations <laughs> is long oh,
1: past. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> I want to say an age that's not too young. I probably was 17. There you go. Now, that's about right. when
3: most of us hey, hit the dirt road. That's when we started drinking the vodka out, yeah. out of the
1: liquor cabinet and filling it up with water, right?
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, it's
1: called, I think everyone does that. It's called being that. bourbon curious, right? There you go. <laughs> that's it. I like
3: that. So, so you don't remember what yours are It was here.
2: either four roses or 1792. Which oh my
3: goodness, you started off with the good stuff I like, did. right off the well. Out I brought you a good bottle of 1792
2: well, when, when we, we moved he and I here. first started dating, and we never went to anywhere that didn't have a, a good bar. He would do his research ahead of time and be like, "I like the culture of this one place. Let's go check it out." We like the speakeasy kind of hidden places. I mean, we we off love we path. love the prohibition era theme. We'll call oh. one out.
0: And Give them some creds here. Yeah. Where do you like to go? the latest
2: speakeasy we were at? The one with that underground library thing. What was that all about? Oh, gosh. Out? Where
1: were we? That was in Louisville.
2: It was in Louisville. Okay.
1: Uh, oh, no. I can't we remember We go to the name. so
2: <laughs> many places. We'll just stop <laughs> but in. if you're in Lexington,
1: uh, Bourbon on Rye is a great place. They've got a great atmosphere. The bartenders there are very knowledgeable. You can just uh, spit out uh, a flavor profile you like, and they'll make you a drink on the spot. They're really great at what they do. And uh, their, their cocktail list there, you know, off the bat is stellar. There so, you go,
0: folks. So if you're in Lexington, bourbon on rye.
3: Hey, it doesn't hurt to throw these things out there. I may have to
1: maybe go try send this. Us,
0: maybe they'll send us a T-shirt or something. Yeah. <laughs> so we're doing pretty good here. We've checked off the silver dollar in bourbon on rye. And when you, when you think of the one in Louisville with the little
1: speakeasy downstairs. We'll think of it. Yeah. It's, it's one that didn't want to be found. Oh, oh we'll look it up. It was uh, Hell or High Water.
2: Okay, there you hell of high
1: water. It's a cave. I mean, you you go down through a cavern. It's so neat. You have to be
2: escorted through, like there's a secret there's door. A I say that loosely. Secret
1: entrance. But yeah.
2: that's, I mean, that's that's awesome. We love that stuff.
1: <laughs> you, you enter into a little curio shop, and there's an attendant there, and you tell them that you're here for the bar and not to to look around. And then they open up a bookcase, and you walk down a staircase, and it's it's just this expansive cavernous. It's all candlelit. Um, there's there's a uh, Old, know, old
2: books in books the bookcase. Yeah, of... It's really neat.
3: So there you go, folks, for date night.
2: Hey, <laughs> yeah. hey babe, come
3: on, we're going to hell. Well, we've got,
0: yeah. <laughs> we've got listeners uh, all over the place, but we have a high concentration of listeners in Louisville and Lexington. You know, a lot of our listeners are in Kentucky as yeah. well. So, uh, yeah, some of them are sitting at home right now saying, I go there. That's my spot. We go. like
2: the exclusivity. You well, gotta look for even, it. There's even no if it's pretend, up, huh? you know, when they'll let anyone in behind the secret door, just to have to stand there and be like, We're here, you know, let us in. And it's just it's neat. Pretend so, you know the password. Yeah. Because yeah. you can get a drink <laughs> anywhere, you know, but a good one with a good experience. But why not have
0: an experience? Right. That's, that's what, what it's about. That's
2: what we look for.
0: And and so now we've talked about the first bourbon experience, but what do you guys keep in the decanter? Or What's on your shelf every day? What do you drink? Well, I'm not saying you drink every day, but you can say that. It's
2: okay. If you say that, <laughs>
1: <laughs> what's
0: your everyday bourbon?
1: Our everyday is four roses. For um, sure. Which one? Just the, the standard label, the yellow label. Gotcha. Um, a little off the one we brought now, for kinda, you today. Right? They, they changed it. Yeah. it. It's a tan label. Now I still say yellow label. People know what I'm talking about yeah, usually. Absolutely. But, um, it, just for your dollar, Four Roses delivers the best product. You can keep it stocked all the time. You don't have to feel guilty about buying it. And it it's good. It mixes. You can drink it straight. We we love it. Yeah. Thumbs up to Four Roses.
3: We yeah. love it. Well, Brent, evidently you're doing a great job there, brother. So you both agree on that?
2: Absolutely. We like the single barrel, but especially for the cost, the Four Roses. It, it It's mm-hmm. great uh, drinking it just straight or with anything we mix with it. It makes everything better. It just is great. For us, for us, yeah.
0: Well, I'm sure there's a plenty of people out there that agree with you, uh, but you know there as many as many pallets as there are there are bourbons. So everybody mm-hmm. can have their own your bourbon
3: your way.
2: That's, that's right.
0: Our slogan <laughs> there slogan right go. There, and that's ah. the
2: great thing about it. All the different types you get to def- you get to define Anything. what. Tastes good to you through your bourbon experience, right?
1: If you like it with ice, if you like it with water, Mm
2: -hmm. a little bit of water. And you
1: guys Mm -hmm. are
3: bourbon stewards. Now, how did this come along? I mean, you you haven't been here what two or three years, and all of a sudden you decided to just embrace this whole bourbon thing and become bourbon
1: stewards. How did that happen? Well, you say we haven't been here long. The bourbon stewardship program has only been here for maybe a year and a half. We. We, we caught, caught it early. We caught it, it, right, it right when it started. started. I, I said, "There's, you know, uh, when I moved here, I was kind of a wine guy, a bit of a bit of a wine snob, I guess you'd say." But um, uh, when I got here, I got into bourbon, and I saw that there was a uh, a genuine certification available, so we we hopped on the bandwagon there. Uh, it's through the Stave and Thief Society. They have since uh, branched out and opened the Moonshine Academy in Louisville, uh, where you can go and learn. Uh, bourbon stewardship in depth. They have the the standard burns bourbon stewardship program and then they have the executive bourbon stewardship program uh, which just makes you a master I guess. We haven't gotten that far. But um, it was a, a great program and it's not terribly expensive to get involved in it. If you feel like you like bourbon and you want to learn a little more for for just a, a couple bucks you can get their, uh, their workbook, their study guide and uh, take the test and, and you can be a bourbon steward too. It's mm-hmm. not uh, terribly difficult. You just have to know uh, what's going on in Kentucky, what's going on in bourbon. and uh, Right. The
2: study yeah. guide gave all the answers. You just have to read it. And then they send you a pin and a cert, a certificate, and it, it's, it's, neat. A yeah. it's it's a handsome nice pin. It's just it's just something to pin. add, right? Where they, my mother used to call it uh, patting your self esteem bra" or "padding your resume." Yeah, like just well, is just that what to, just to have another. <laughs> that's what she used to call it, just to have another thing. But we yeah. actually,
3: <laughs> Between oh, Pop pop and, and mom.
1: Right? Well, I tell you what, we got a few <laughs> years, like crazy <laughs> crazies. Some good influences. Yeah,
2: but uh, anybody can do it. It's affordable, and the studying process wasn't too difficult. I got through it. It's great.
1: Everyone can learn something from it. I I think even if you think, you know, bourbon, you you can open up that study guide and learn, you know, some obscure fact you never knew. Uh, You can always learn more. There's always more to know. And that's what it's about.
0: Yeah. So we've had a few guests on before. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard some of the past episodes, but it seems like this is a a thing that's sort of repeating a little bit. It seems like this is really gaining a lot of steam. And, uh, you know, we've had uh, we've had. Uh, you know, bottle shop owners, or um, bourbon air tour pilots. Oh yes, um, and and among other people who had this steward uh, stewardship, and now. You, you know, you guys, I think Randy and I are going to have to do something about that. Oh, yeah.
2: I think you better. I swore you,
3: when I hit the end terminal on that train track, as far as school goes, I would never take another test. I hear you. <laughs> but but I it's a have,
2: test about something you really love, right? I, I, I may <laughs> have to
3: break down and go do this.
2: I loved it because I felt like I could kind of keep up with him a little bit in knowledge. Like, I, he loves it so much. I just love really drinking it, but he loves the <laughs> science of it and, and everything. And so... I got to learn kind of what he knows. So when he talks about it, I'm not totally in the dark, just sipping away blindly. You know, I know what he's talking about. Well, well,
3: speaking of that competition and keeping up with the boys, I understand you're (laughs) Uh pretty good at that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, we kind of like to, you know, with both of you being vets. Get into that just a little bit if you want to. So, you know, Jim, I'll let you handle this next segment there.
0: Well, I mean, are you guys comfortable talking about your military
2: service? Sure. Absolutely. We We're heard you're books. a veteran yourself. I am.
0: I am. It's been a few years. It yeah.
2: got <laughs> to
3: be a reoccurring theme lately on the shows about We're, veterans here. So, Veterans who are bourbon stewards. I know it. <laughs> There's a a, I, maybe I need to do a research project. Maybe.
2: Well, I know that veteran, there's a lot, there's a growing population of veterans that are settling in this area. The American Legion in Richmond, where we live, has the fastest growing membership in all of Kentucky. Wow. So this is just a great place. I think veterans, we just find ourselves drawn to something that. Is good for family, good for life, culture—a little of everything. You're not too north, not too south, yeah. right? You're just right. kind of in that sweet right in spot. You can right. still
3: get sugar in your you ice tea here, right. folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we,
2: they haven't banned all plastic straws yet,
1: yes.
2: um, but
1: we just came back <laughs> we from California, California. That was, a, you have that was to, a problem. You have
2: to ask for a straw, even if it's really obvious you need one. And then what they do give <laughs> you is this paper thing that just falls apart. And like, great, great for the earth, you know? I was <laughs> so gonna walk so around with my own plastic straw from now on but um yeah
3: concealed carry <laughs> there you go folks. oh we did there that you too <laughs>
2: well now kid, you don't have, to.
1: We, we right. don't we have paid, to we paid for the class now and we're got, ahead of the game. got the
2: thing and now that's like you don't have to have it anymore you can carry your gun anywhere so <laughs> right. kind of that might awesome. be a different discussion yeah. right?
1: <laughs> well do you want
3: to tell me about uh about your career well yeah go ahead and start <laughs> us off there
2: my uh my military career. Oh my gosh. Well, I was at Fresno state when nine 11 happened and I was about halfway through college. So it was sort of a calling. I didn't want to drop out of college. So I did finish, but then I did ROTC. So I became an officer in the transportation Corps, And I got to Fort Campbell and went to Iraq a couple of times with the 101st airborne, um, just a great, exciting, terrifying, wonderful, memorable time, all the things at once. Um, and, uh, I got out because it it was so rough. It was year on, year off. You were going to be in the sand every other year, whether you liked it or not. And I saw a lot of families really suffer. It's just so hard. The fathers suffer enough. But as a, as a one, someone who wanted to be a mother someday, I couldn't imagine because technically after three months of having your baby, they can deploy you. It's just ter- not, not, you know, basically right. take your child away from you for it, a year.
1: No maternity <laughs> to leave.
2: And, 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 and I worked with some amazingly strong men and women, but that's the one thing that will break you. And, and I just said, you know what, I've done more than two years of combat time. I feel more comfortable in a Humvee with a gun than I do anywhere else in the world. It's not, you know, I need to get back into civilization. And it was an amazing experience and I learned a lot and it was very hard, but, um, it uh, Cole and I just feel like with our we just we did what we could and and we don't feel bad about getting out not doing the full twenty years I don't know how many years you did Jim I did eight you did eight mm-hmm. I did five I think you did three or four I did
1: uh, four with active some reserve two reserve. Time.
2: so yeah. you know that seems to be long enough for a lot of people so it it was good enough but for I'm me. glad <laughs> it's over yeah burnout
1: <laughs> burnout rate must be pretty quick. it's hard you know what yeah. I I give massive kudos and thanks and praise to the people who do 20 years. It's not for everybody. If, if you're listening and and you want out, it's okay. Um but uh to those guys who stick it out, I mean, thank you very much. You guys were meant for that. That's the only way you could do that. It was and, a great And experience. how did you guys adjust when you came
0: back from your deployments? Was it easier for you or did you did you have difficulty adjusting?
2: I had some family members Pull me aside in concern. Um, yeah. Nothing crazy, but just she's changed. Yeah. And how can you not? And I was uh, in a. I was in Tikrit, the first deployment. Southwest Baghdad, the second. I was always with artillerymen or infantrymen. Back when women weren't even supposed to be in those units, I wasn't allowed to wear the insignia or have the flag, or. But I was still doing the same job, carrying the same weapon, the same weight, the same vest, in the same truck with them, ready to do the same mission. And so it was eye opening for me. I was the first two years of my army career. I was the only female officer in an entire battalion of about four to five hundred soldiers. Well, I understand
3: you were you were actually pretty good with that gun, too, (laughs) uh, but they wouldn't take you into ranger school or something. They
2: would not uh, allow females at ranger school at the time I was in or I definitely would have tried for sure. I was way more gung ho back then. I was you were you were briefly the commander of a. I have company a, that a wouldn't com-
1: allow women. Like it, it was. A- it was
2: well. <laughs> we, we were in the company that was attached to the battalion that that technically didn't. It didn't even have a women's <laughs> restroom in the building. When I showed up my first day to report to my boss, there was only one door and it had a male sign on it. And I had to you know make a female sign and be like here. <laughs> you know when I'm in here, this is going on the wall. And tried not to make us <laughs> make a sound. You know tried to blend in and stopped wearing makeup and doing anything feminine and just became one of the guys. But It was. That's all I cared about at the time. I (laughs) tell you what, um, I loved it. (laughs) Welcome back. (laughs) So true. Yeah. So true. Thanks for coming back. That's what I had to do to get through it. But that's the adjustment. I had. You know, I had to toughen up real quick, and I was only twenty four. When I became second in command of an 80 personnel company, so it was just this ultimate pressure that when I'm, you know, in college and doing ROTC, which is, you know, part time army play, didn't feel as real, didn't realize. Um, I knew it would be hard, but not as hard as it was. So I think if I hadn't deployed so much and been with the 101st, which are just so hardcore and so tough. I may not have burned out. they've
3: got a reputation to uphold. And they have to. Absolutely. And only the strongest
2: can stay there. And so I was blessed to stay with one unit the whole five years. I mean, I made sure to keep my my value. Yeah, my father (laughs) was a
0: screaming eagle.
2: Awesome. uh, Yeah, Yeah.
0: but myself, I was in the Navy. I was Mm -hmm. in the submarine force. So my deployments were a little bit different than yours. Up from the Solitude. depths. You got to see
2: maybe some beautiful things of the world. I got to see, you know, Fort Knox, Kentucky, and then Iraq, and that was it. Yeah, I didn't really
0: get to
3: see much, you know. Well, it, it, they don't tell you when they say, hey, come see the world, join the Navy, mm-hmm. that 70% of the earth is water. Oh, so you, <laughs> saw, the world. you saw a lot of
2: water. <laughs> yeah,
3: man. So um you guys met after the military then. Mm-hmm. So doing so music, I'm doing,
2: mm-hmm. we volunteered to do so a musical performance, um, at an army base, was it an army base,
3: uh, some kind of, no, veter- was, it was
2: a veterans day thing. That was so, a public affair. Okay, so you were out of the
3: military at
1: that time we were, and were decided yep, to go back we and do some out. music. Well, okay. we,
2: he was in the soldier well, show. Yeah.
1: I had a, I had a different <laughs> military career. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I should.
2: Yeah. Tell us yeah, about, about the soldier sure. show. It's that, it's but, no longer funded, and but it's, uh, it's it not a thing anymore, but,
1: um, Well, I guess I'll, I'll start at the beginning. (laughs) Sure. Uh, well, when I joined, I was attached to the old guard in DC, which is, uh, you know, for, for those of you who don't know, it's, I'm told it's a big honor. Uh, it's, (laughs) uh, it's, it's great. You have to do so much additional training time, so much additional testing to get in there, but that is the company that, uh, that follows the, uh, the presidential car in parades. That's, uh, the company that pulls the Sentinels for the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Uh, We have the Kason platoon that uh, escorts um, fallen soldiers into Arlington Cemetery. We patrolled Arlington Cemetery. Uh, You know, we had a, a, most of our mission was ceremonial. Uh we met a lot of presidents, a lot of uh foreign dignitaries, a lot of celebrities would come on base. I remember that uh uh Lance Armstrong used to come on base every now and then and, and run with us in the morning. It was Oh really? It's... It was kinda I mean, before, you know, he was uh in trouble defamed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but uh still got a train. Uh, hey, hey, he's, he's still, still fast. fast. Uh, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> Say what you want, no, to no matter what he, he was, was doing, doing. Right. Uh he's still, still a stellar, stellar athlete and he he would lead us uh all over town, you know. Uh but it, it was cool. Stuff like that would just ha- that was commonplace there. Um you know, it was the only unit that's uh that was mustered by General Washington that's still in uh in activity right now.
3: Wow. Yeah. The old guard. Kind of like the uh garter. Uh what is it? The garter over there in, in England, the uh all oh, the they fancy guys with the fuzzy oh, hats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the beef eaters, yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so it's, 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 uh, <laughs> order of the guard. It's called <laughs> on the, on the, oh. <laughs> the order of, order of the guard. Yeah. And and it's uh that's their old guard there.
1: It's it's a, a very it's a very uh honored position. It takes a lot of uh a lot of training to get in there. So and, do they choose you for this? Do you test for this? Uh, Are you, you asked to be in this? How do you go about out it? Of, out of uh, basic training, I was chosen for this uh, based on ceremonial drill. Um, ah. Most of basic training is combat, of course. right? Uh, but, you know, every now and then you have to put on your, your uniform and stand pretty and do all of that. And they saw I was good at it. Uh, so I got drafted into, uh, the old guard, you know, they, they came and asked me, they came, a recruiter came while I was in the army after I'd already talked to my recruiter, another recruiter came and, uh, Hey, <laughs> Colonel, Someone say I made a mistake <laughs> twice. <but> <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: you but were, no, you, it, you were a, a combat medic, which you haven't mentioned yet. That was actually your MOS. So <laughs> yes, this guy saves lives just so you know, he's being humble, but he was a combat medic.
1: <laughs> I I saw awesome. some, some activity while I was in, um, I, I moonlit as a, uh, as an EMS on base, uh, you know, so I, I was driving the ambulance after hours as well as running a clinic, uh, during the day. Uh, so I saw quite a bit. Um, I, I never deployed, thankfully. Uh, the, the old guard is mostly a ceremonial position. Uh, so they seldom deploy. But I was privileged to be on the Soldier Show, which uh, at the time was another huge honor. Uh, it's since been defunded. Uh, you won't find it anymore, but it's been going on uh, for decades. Uh, it was started by Irving Berlin, the guy who wrote
3: uh, White Christmas and all that good right. stuff. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, so he started it. And uh, it's been going on ever since. And then it stopped in, you know, a couple of years ago. I'm not sure which year, but I was uh, privileged to tour with them in 2011. They take the top 20 musical performers army wide. They do like an American Idol style, uh, you know, teardown of people. You send in your audition tape and then you get a live audition and this and that. And uh, I was, I was lucky enough to make it through. So I was one of the top 20 uh, army musicians that year. And we, we basically, we were rock stars that year. It was Really fun. Uh, we toured the world. We went to 140 bases in seven countries and uh, just put on a rock concert. Wow. It was wow. really fun. It would be fun. Yeah. Kind of like, like the USO was, I guess, years ago. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Well, guys, we have uh, sort of hit our halfway point here. So uh, we're going to go ahead and continue to sip on our Weller while we take our break. And when we come back, we'll find out what you've brought for us to drink. And we'll talk a little bit we'll about your, your music. How this
3: bourbon steward thing works out and then we'll get into some of this music (laughs) and what future plans are sounds Sounds good? good yeah all right
0: we would like to thank tommy and gwen mitchell from loghead's home center for supporting this episode of the bourbon road Logheads Home Center, nestled in the hills of Kentucky, is an industry leader in building handcrafted rustic furniture. Family owned and operated, they take pride in offering only the very best for their customers. The Logheads, and that's what they like to call themselves, are skilled woodcrafters who are passionate about creating rustic furniture for people who appreciate the beauty of natural wood. Owners Tommy and Gwen don't just sell the rustic lifestyle, they live it. And you can be sure that Loghead's Furniture will always be handcrafted in Kentucky by artisans who embrace the simple way of life. Loghead's Rustic Furniture is made from northern white cedar, a sustainable wood that's naturally rot and termite resistant. Its beauty and quality will add warmth to your earthy lifestyle for generations to come. Be sure to check out everything they have to offer at logheadshomecenter.com. And while you're at it, give Tommy and Gwen a shout on Facebook or Instagram at Loghead's Home Center.
3: Welcome back to the second half of the show. We're here with Or Whiskey River colon in April, and uh, so during halftime they mixed us up a little drink here, folks, and and we're going to put that out. uh, Jim, what are we going to do? Put that? I think we'll
0: put an Instagram movie out on that. uh, That's kind of neat. I I thought it was
3: great. They they did well, you know, no script or anything. Uh, So you made us a drink a little cocktail here. And as bourbon stewards, you know, I know it's going to be just freaking awesome. So <laughs> tell us what is, what's this called? How did you make it? What did you put in it?
1: Yes, sir. This is a strawberry basil sour.
3: Strawberry
1: basil sour. Yes, sir. We Is used, that
3: why I have a leaf floating around in the top? of my That minutes? is why you have a leaf okay. floating
1: around in the top. It's not just for decoration. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but yeah, we used uh, two ounces of four roses bourbon. Uh, One and a half ounces of a homemade strawberry uh, simple syrup. So
3: so what is in this simple syrup? I like that idea. Yeah. um,
1: You can make this at home. It's so easy. Uh, You just get a skillet, um, put on uh, a cup of water, get it boiling, add a cup of sugar. Now you have a simple syrup. Uh, Then you add uh, about 15 to 20 strawberries that you've cut in half and let them simmer. Just just let it simmer for uh, half an hour or so. And what you've got is a strawberry flavored simple syrup. Super good. Uh, You can put it on ice cream. You can put it in your bourbon. It's fantastic. So do you have to strain that or anything? Yeah, you'll have to run it through a strainer, get all the bits of strawberry out, of course.
3: You know why you're going to have to do that, folks. And those of you who know me know that I am not a strawberry (laughs) fan because strawberries look like they have a bunch of fleas sticking out of those things. (laughs) We're going to get them (laughs) and try it, though. And and, and I (laughs) have told them that I'm going to brave this and we're going to do this today. (laughs) And uh, the the strawberry thing here. But
1: But yeah, so it was two ounces of Four Roses, uh, an ounce and a half of that strawberry syrup. And then uh, half an ounce of lemon juice just to kind of counteract the, uh, the, the sweetness, t- of sticky, the, uh, yeah. sweet fruitiness gotcha. of the syrup and uh, garnish with a basil leaf. And uh, you've got a strawberry basil sour.
3: Wow. Okay. It, it smells good. I will say. All right, wow. Rudy, Quit talking.
2: I'm ready Let's try go. it.
3: Well, you definitely get the basil right off the bat.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He puts basil in it when he shakes it. And then another one for garnish afterwards.
3: Yep. So but the flavor's this, really infused. This looks like a summer drink to me. If I was sitting there, you know, and you were to come to somebody's house and they're sitting back there on the porch, you know, this this mm-hmm. looks like you something. You know what this
0: would go good with? What? If you
3: had one of those... Uh
0: those pizza cookers out on your back porch, you know the, the stone pizza <laughs> cookers,
3: and it you had would go with that. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it because of the basil? I think you know, but oh, it's mm-hmm. delicious. You know the strawberry is not that strong in this, right? I I actually kind of like this. Well, there you go. Not, and you
2: there's know? two ounces of bourbon in there. In my experience,
1: it, it goes down too smooth. Right. So you got to be careful with it. Well, well you, he's learned through
2: watching <laughs> me drink yeah. them down a little too easily. Well,
1: so <laughs> you can definitely taste the
0: bourbon in this. So this is a spirit-forward cocktail, no doubt about it. Absolutely.
1: I'm glad y'all are enjoying it. Yeah, it's good. And you really can good.
2: substitute the lemon juice with sour mix, which we've done before because we had a whole bunch of it and we were experimenting. So you can use sour Absolutely. mix. Absolutely. Whatever you've got quite on hand. is good. I, but you know, yeah. any of
1: that lemon lime syrup, mm-hmm. that'll do.
2: Or uh, any fruit. I want to try it with peaches. I was
3: going to ask about the, simp- the simple syrup. You can make peaches, strawberries, blackberries, Absolutely I guess. Absolutely anything.
1: Anything. 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 Yep. And, and a lot of folks don't realize that what you're paying, you know, eight bucks for in the store, mm-hmm. you can make at right. home. For a fraction of the cost, any
2: fruit you like, boil it with some sugar and water at home, mm-hmm. and just watch the magic. We've it's made so peach easy. Syrup.
1: We've, In the fall, we like to uh, we like to do a little. Uh, we'll boil some some uh, apple simple syrup and put on cinnamon, coriander, like all those fall spices. Mm-hmm. Really get something. You can add that to to wine to mullet. Oh, it's so you good. You can put it in in whiskey and make an old fashioned that tastes a little more like autumn. You know, so mm-hmm. there's uh, a lot you can do at home. We definitely the, change
2: the, our <laughs> drinks due to the season. It is. Yeah, I was going to say the mm-hmm. warm
3: toddy can take on a whole new yeah persona now. And the, guess, pe- huh? the peach simple syrup, Randy, That's right down your alley, right? Well, just look, why does everybody think just because I hung <laughs> up in South Georgia for a while that I'm supposed to be a little <laughs> peach boy? That's what I thought. Is that <laughs> what? <laughs> More peanut guy, actually. But whatever. <laughs> Peanuts and peaches. So Whiskey River, the last time that I had anything to do with Whiskey River, it was actually a club in Macon, Georgia that -hmm. Jason Aldean used to play all the time. So Mm -hmm. when I was playing country music, I was kind of on the way down with the groups I was in as Jason Aldean was coming up and he used to play at Whiskey River all the time. So Mm -hmm. when I saw Whiskey River, I was like, okay, country music, Mm -hmm. a club. So the name Whiskey River, how did you get that? Mm -hmm. What kind of stuff do you guys do? Because we're going to talk about music a little bit in this half here. Well, that's awesome.
2: Well, the name is a popular name, obviously, and we did our homework. And a lot of people use the name at their establishments. And and a lot of other bands are called Whiskey River. Not locally that we have found, but they're around there. Um, We actually bought the trademark and the logo that we use. So not that everyone is illegal (laughs) in using it, but we are... uh, you know, certified just, to be a traveling musical duo. We're sell just ahead music. of the game. If any yeah. other
1: duos are out there, well, the restaurant shouldn't
2: be any kind of competition. <laughs> so if but if there
0: are going to be any cease and desist letters, you'll be the ones issuing them. <laughs> yeah, right?
2: if, if we're if we're feeling cruel, I if guess, we're feeling particularly vindictive that day. <laughs> right, but. right. Because we'll we'll start some merchandise soon. Um, so our when we've you know we told our story about coming to Kentucky together. We both have musical backgrounds. Um, well, let's we talk did,
3: about that. For well, mm-hmm. well, let's let's not get the cart before sure. the horse. Let's go back and start how this whole thing. Mm-hmm. When there you go. Did this whole music bug okay. hit hit you guys? And I'm sure it's going to be different mm-hmm. for both of you before we get to the together part. But
2: well, he talked about the Soldier Show where he performed and sang, played guitar, maybe even multiple instruments. Um, wide variety of shows he did for an entire year. But he was a musician before that. He started in church, right? Are I you mean, you're
1: going to introduce me. I well, thought sort we were gonna of, go. I was okay. just going to say ladies that, ladies and gentlemen, Cole. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, I started in the uh in the church choir. I think I was 4 years old. I was actually it, it's kind of funny. My my church was so intimate that I was recruited for the the church choir. Like someone heard me singing over the other 50 people in there. So
2: Sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> but, but you
3: know, a lot of country people, you know, th- that play country music. Well, even mm-hmm. rock and roll or gospel. You know, that's where you start. That, sure. where you start is is mm-hmm. in the church. Yes, I sir. I used to play
2: a banjo in a church. Get, get out of here! Banjo, five string, four Well, we had um, there was four ladies, and one played a bass, and I played uh, banjo and guitar. Another gal played guitar, and we kind of formed a little Allison Krauss type group and the church was accepting of it because when I first showed up there was pretty much just piano music and I was like, you know, I have a music ministry in me at the time. I was real passionate about it. So um that was fun. But uh um something when I was in the army they had uh an event called Operation Rising Star, which is like you talk about military idol. It's sort it's like it's like that it's 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 like American Idol but for the military and they still have it today. Um so I competed. I sent a video from Baghdad of me singing a couple of country music songs. Which, which songs? I sang Gunpowder and Lead by Miranda oh boy, Lambert. And go. I sang Br- uh, Breakdown Here by Julie Roberts. <clears throat> Excuse me. And somehow that video was good enough quality. They were able to hear me through a basic sandstorm. Um, but uh, they... they contacted me and it was towards the end of my deployment anyway. And they said, you've been, re- you've made it to the finals to Operation Rising Star. So I got to fly straight to the Capitol and we played live on the Pentagon channel. This was over 10 years ago. Um, so I was a semi-finalist on the singing competition. I sang in uniform and I sang Gunpowder and Lead a- again there. And we had some group performances and stuff. So
3: that's rather uh, apropos, I think, for somebody in uniform. <laughs> and
0: it was and difficult. <laughs> you know, it was funny because
2: that was the last year they made, cause Military Family members could also compete, but see, they got to dress up and look like, and I had to stay in uniform with a tight bun and look all professional. I couldn't quite <laughs> let my hair down, so to speak, and sing a country song or have a guitar or anything like that. So, um, you know, so things that changed after that, but I don't think they had that competition anymore either with funds, you I'm know, not sure they do. because the, the military was starting to recognize that a lot of service members who have talent put that to the side, you know, instead of just focusing on my career and getting vocal lessons and all that, you know, we were serving our country. So we, so there was, it was nice to have that opportunity to to come out of the ashes of that and be like, Hey, I, I I can still sing. I can still do this. And it, it gave us a platform. So because he did the soldier show and I did operation rising star, we both got to know the same kind of people, army wide music people who recruit military music talent. So every time there's an event or something going on that's military and music related, uh, we, tend to get that call. So that's how we met was we got one of those similar calls, come to DC and put on a performance for this at the show. And that's how we met. And then when we got to Kentucky, we just didn't want to stop. I mean, I'm a, I'm a songwriter at heart. That's my passion. Um, and, uh, and we had written a couple songs together and, um, I had put it out there and a little bit um, didn't, I mean, it's hard when you, when you write from your heart and you want to put something out there, you're a little bit, uh, you know, like, I don't know if I'm ready. Well, there was someone with a record label called Eminent Music, a guy named Chaz Childers, who uh, found us on Instagram, probably probably how you guys found us, and contacted me and had a conversation with me. I sent him a few of our songs and then he said, please come to Nashville and just play live one time. So like, I know... Well, when were Nashville? We at at the Valentine? We played oh, okay. at the
1: Valentine. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: And at a thing called Cowboys and Sweethearts with a lot of different other musicians. And basically, we, d- we finished the set. He walked us right outside and said, I don't have the paperwork in front of me and it's coming, but you're on my label. And, um, he just didn't want to lose us to anyone else. He
1: signed us on the spot.
2: Yeah. So it was it's really neat. So not only do we get to make an EP, which will be about five songs, and we'll see how that goes, and then he wants to make another one, um, the songs that we write, we get to sell. Two people like Jason Aldean. In fact, we got a recent email. We get the same email that all those producers, like for instance, I can't remember the the, the name, but it was someone big like Kenny Chesney <laughs> or Miranda, and it's like, what kind of music are they looking for? Anything but ballads. They're very specific. They want hit country songs, but no ballads. And then the next name, like Luke Bryan, he's it'll just say looking for straight country hits and rock, you know, they have a certain style that they want and and our our, um, well, I call them our boss, but the label, they'll send that to us and be like, do you have any songs that could fit this? So we get to sell. So a song we write may get to wind up on one of their albums wow. and that's our goal. And we're writing our own at the so, same time. So you
3: guys are going to be doing more demo stuff to give to actual other artists, not necessarily do your own we're thing. We're
2: doing, yeah, we're doing both. Cause they're, cause it's like, whichever one is the most successful. Cause the songwriting's great. There's a lot of excellent musicians. Maybe the stage life tour life isn't for them, but they write some killer songs, and that's fine. They get to stand back and watch someone well, else shine. Well, well, actually, we're mm-hmm. on the
1: same uh, we're on the same email list as uh, like Luke Bryan and Jason Aldean. Like all the songs that are pitched to them also come to us. So if if we snatch them up, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, then we have that hit song. Right,
2: we do have two songs that he's already purchased for us, and from what he explained to me, the same people that produced "Eye of the Tiger." Do you remember that hit? Yeah. <laughs> they put out this they, country song. They wrote
1: this country song. Called, and it's
2: it's called Prom Night in Pontiac, and fantastic. it's just a fun, reminds you reminds me of like a Lady Antebellum kind of a younger crowd feel. It's going to be fun at prom, obviously, and it's it's about a prom night in Pontiac, Michigan, and it just has a cool uh, lick. It's just it's just a cool sound, and we're like we want it, and it's they're already great producers, and so we you know bought it.
1: It, it. It's a number one song. I hope we can mm-hmm. do it justice.
2: Yeah, it, we if will. So we're
1: going to record that
3: here in Kentucky, or are you going down to we'll Nashville? We'll probably go to Nashville. We're going to Nashville are Nashville for that? They, where do they have mm-hmm. you recording in Nashville?
2: You know? Well, at his at Eminent Records. Okay, he has what? his own studio there, but it's a smaller studio. It's a Sony affiliate, so and he has so many artists he assigned at once. I think he just went on a talent hunt, and now these guys, people were in queue. You know, he can only get so many records right. through. In the meantime, he's like, just songwrite like crazy. Just keep writing, keep writing. And it, we need the time. So it works well, out.
3: And a lot of people, well, even Chris Stapleton made it as a writer.
2: Absolutely. Rick Cobb,
3: a friend of mine mm-hmm. who's doing the Americana stuff. Uh, he made it as a, a writer before he ever decided to mm-hmm. tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kaylee Hammock, another f- lady I worked with, you know, who's warming up Miranda Lambert and some of those nice. on tour now. It, actually, she went as a writer with some of the publishing houses before she actually made it. And that's supposed mm-hmm. to be the ticket in. And Kaylee, that, that's Kaylee's the goal.
0: on a rocket ship to the moon she, right she, now. Right.
3: She's doing great right now. Mm-hmm. I, I oh, can't believe I worked with her when she was 17 and go, Hey girl, right. remember look, me? four and a half <laughs> and five minute songs in Nashville. You need to make that suck about three and a half minutes or less. Mm-hmm. And now she's <laughs> killing it. So anyway, but yeah, I think you guys are on the right track. We'll let you guys stuff.
2: know when we have, um, It's going to be a while, but we'll let you know when we have that EP ready. In the meantime, we are working on some songs and we have an original that we're going to send you guys later. It's called Cry Me a Whiskey River.
0: Awesome. Oh, boy. So
2: well, there
1: you go. It's, it's, a, du- it's, it's a duet. Yeah. Um,
2: and uh, we love it. We love doing it. And he wrote a song called Not Getting Jack. Like, I'm not getting Jack. Uh,
1: but I'm, I'm getting Jack, yeah.
2: I'm getting Jack. Sorry. Um, but it's it, it's a fun song about partying, and then he gets home. It's and a friends
1: in low places kind yeah, of song. And yeah, and his
2: wife's pissed that he's been out all night. Like, well, I guess I'm getting Jack, but meaning Jack uh, Daniels ho- at least, ho- right? this so. is not it's, what they
1: call a self-fulfilling it's, prophet. It's
3: not oh, from no. personal experience. No. Uh, no, We
2: just... We can, we can sing from any perspective. I think, you know, just the party crowd is oh, going to love
1: it. And that's the fun part of mm-hmm. doing that, at least, you know. We get to adopt different personas. We get to, to sure. write all these songs. It's, mm-hmm.
3: it's a yeah, lot of fun. Because right. my wife has gone. I, I, uh, excuse me, when were you out doing such and such? Right. And I was like, uh, no, babe, I'm just putting right. myself in that particular whatever. <laughs>
2: just, right. If we you write know. a breakup song, it's not that we're breaking up. It's just, you know, just because
3: you're a blonde and I drink bourbon and I wrote a song called Blondes and Bourbon doesn't mean that it's necessarily <laughs> right. about you. It's not about exactly. you. <laughs> no. No, I, I I get that whole thing. But let's 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 not put the cart before the horse here and go back to when it all began. So who were some of you you your early influences?
1: Uh, I was
3: definitely interested. Uh, was it always country? Was it rock? Was it metal? Uh, gospel since you started in the (laughs) church thing, contemporary (laughs) Christian, you know, where, where did
1: it start? I, I had a great tutor, um, in the gospel sense. Um, the, uh, the choir leader back in the day, his name was Brian Hartman and he is still a mentor today. I still keep in touch with him. He gave me voice lessons, uh, when I was in adolescence and, uh, he he really set me on the right track. But as far as influences, um, I think Garth Brooks was definitely a, a major influence, as well as Billy Joel. Really?
3: I mean, okay, so a little you know bit what? on the rock pop side there.
1: I, I just liked songs that were stories. You know, a lot of a lot of times uh, today you get songs about I'm sad, I'm going to the bar. You know, I'm I'm happy, I'm going on a on a trip, you know, whatever. Uh, It's stuff you can relate to. They're trying to bond with the person listening. But back in the 90s, in the 80s and 90s, they were trying to tell you a story. Tim McGraw,
3: Don't Take the Girl. They were trying Mm, to tell you about
1: people that you didn't know. You know, here's a story about Jack and Diane. Yeah. And you listened and you heard the story. You know, it's not like that today. They, they tell you, I'm sad, um, <laughs> you know, I'm not right. trying to put down today's music. No. I'm not trying to be like one of those guys, ah, today's music well, I think that's matter. just the,
2: the, the milestone of, of being a certain age is you start saying how all the new music sucks <laughs> and you just want the old times, the good old days, you know. <laughs> I, I don't know
1: about that, but, but Garth Brooks and Billy Joel, they knew how to tell you a story through a song, and that really resonated with me.
3: I got you. Well... April, what about you?
2: My first love was MJ and Michael Jackson when he, I was, <laughs> oh. I was like five years old and I had the silver glove and the cool belt and I had all the, yeah, okay. I, saw I the was picture. so <laughs> into it. And that's when I fell in love with I think that's when MTV was still cool. And, but my mother was a young mom. She had me at 18 and, and she was a complete rocker chick. And so there's pictures of me wearing headphones and standing next to, to like a, like a four foot tall speaker, you know, back in the eighties, all the, the equalizers and the cool stuff. And she had the latest everything and the, and the turntable and, and we always played our music too loud. I grew up on like heart and journey and pink Floyd. And that's what she loved. And she, didn't really like country music. She loved rock and roll and I learned to love it all um, growing up in the 80s and 90s and 90s alternative rock was a cool time. Um, but I have to say some of my favorites are like Tracy Chapman because the singer-songwriter in me, just me with my guitar, like you said, telling a story. It's mm-hmm. usually very sad.
3: Very exposed. Very, very raw, yourself very exposed. Oh, yeah. and he
2: has even said about my music, he goes, you know, you really put yourself out there. Like some people just want to hear a service <laughs> level. Like let's just, let's just have a drink, have a good time and you're singing about things that are so personal and serious. I'm like, yeah, but that's, that's part of the art, you know, right. maybe, maybe someone will hear it and, and, and relate to it. So, so how do
0: you guys yeah. balance kind of the differences in your, uh, in your style? Yeah. Well, we
2: both love all music. So it actually, mm-hmm. he actually loves Tracy Chapman. I love Garth oh, Brooks. So, everything. <laughs> we do play everything and our, on our set list. When we do cut, co- we mostly do covers. We just read the crowd. We read the crowd and what era we think they so might like. And how we do you do.
3: read the crowd? Because a lot of people would be, you know, okay, so I'm sitting here I'm having a drink. Oh, I've got me a bourbon. Oh, no, excuse me. I have my basil little summer drink here. There you go. <laughs> and uh, I'm listening to you guys play.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And, and so what would you play for me?
2: You know what? What would you play for him? If you just yeah, saw him yeah, sitting what there, what would you play
3: for me? Okay, okay, what would I would play your, for you? you no, what be, no. what, if
2: you look at me and because you do that, you look at me and be like, "Hey, let's do uh, let's do piano man next," because you've read the group no, and uh, you're like, "That's something they would like." So no, if you okay, see, okay, so you guys yeah.
3: play piano or what instruments do you play? Let's oh, get
2: that uh, out of the way well, first. He does.
1: I do uh, mm-hmm. when we're on stage. I do piano, mandolin, guitar, and harmonica, and cajon, oh, and wow. vo- oh, and cajon, mm-hmm. which is a box drum, right? And then vocals,
2: right? And I'll do little bit of cajon. Mostly I'm tambourining or shaking because it's just the two of us. We don't have a drummer, so I prov- provide a little bit of percussion. We play guitar at the same time um, sometimes, or we are introducing the banjo, but it's just a slower process. But when we're on stage, we would do some things together, but also some things apart. There's some, like when he does Tennessee Whiskey or he performs a song that's just just right for him, and I'll just move off the stage and let him kind of do it his way, and then we'll switch, and then I'll sing something Totally different. We, and we
1: we like to let each other have our space
2: because we're both you know? artists. We're good well, together, but we well, have to sometimes. express ourselves. The the a
1: deal about that
3: stuff too. It's four <laughs> hours. It's four. Right. Six, <laughs> yeah, you have to break minutes. it up.
1: But a you know what? Piece. Sometimes you have there's, to break it up. Absolutely yeah. Absolutely nothing I can add to her performance, so she just goes on and does it, mm-hmm. and that's that. But then that's a good chance to drink a little bourbon. That's exactly exactly what he does. There we go. Okay. Okay.
3: So, all right. So Jim and I are sitting here. We're having a drink. What are you going to play for us?
1: Looking at you two, um, I would guess some, some Southern rock mixed with some 80s pop. (laughs)
3: <laughs> he's he's a big southern uh, rock fan. I, I would just do some, you guys some Sweet Home
1: Alabama. So he's so good mixed at mixing with radio. some Jack and Diane. And see I like mixed, it all.
3: You guys don't understand. I know what I would gonna put in some, at, at a classical radio mm-hmm. station. Some Bruce Springsteen, oh, yeah, and then go oh, yeah. back there to go. some Leonard Skinner. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go.
1: And I'll I would yeah. we we just we just read the crowd. And we've already had had it happen that we'll start a song and no one's involved,
2: right? No we, head nodding, no one we look making around, eye no contact, one's bopping, right? No Ooh. one's,
1: you know, mm-hmm. mouthing the lyrics, and we stop.
2: Oh, I mean, yeah. we'll finish the song, but I mean, but then we'll completely change course afterwards and be like, no one's digging, you know, uh,
1: we, we, whatever we we we're playing. So that yeah, no one reacted to that, mm-hmm. and we'll try something. We else, try not to know? be
2: just background noise because most people want to hear some nostalgia, and he's so great about reading the crowd. I I peg you as a Pink Floyd guy.
3: But I I like I, I can like be Gilmore. totally wrong. I really love Gilmore's mm-hmm. guitar parts and stuff. Uh, Floyd's not something I would always listen to. Mm-hmm. You know, there's times and you know mm-hmm. different For things. For sure. Um, but you know, I I'm sitting here trying to to think of what I am, and I'm probably as, like? as much more. <laughs> I, you know, you talk about. If you were to
2: request a song for us to play, what would you request? No, just uh, assuming we just, could play anything. Just
3: to throw you guys a curveball, I'd probably say, hey, why don't you play me um, Blackbird by the Beatles?
2: The Beatles. We can do that Blackbird. That'd be Bird. nice. Blackbird. Black,
3: Blackbird. Yeah. We do, yeah, do, yeah, do, that. That's That's do that. very focused and sweet. The reason I say yeah. that is it's very sentimental to me because one of the times I got in trouble playing music was I was in a club with a guy who had won the first. Be a star competition on the Nashville network. Mm-hmm. It was the bartender, a waitress, and the two of us. And I got started playing Blackbird, and I was like, Nobody cares. I'm right. going to quit the song. <laughs> and he looked at me, he said, You don't ever quit a song. Right. You play that thing through to the end. Mm-hmm. And you I said, it. Okay. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So now that you said that, I was like,
1: Yeah, play me Blackbird one time. Right, <laughs> right. Not, right. not every you song can be best a hit. you can. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And if, if no one responds to it, you switch gears. Right. Switch, switch gears. So, so, all right. So we
3: did Blackbird. We're going to mm-hmm. switch gears. What are we going to play now?
1: Blackbird didn't hit. Yeah, it didn't. So we, it didn't hit with a no Gemini. Let's it.
3: let's go to something else. What are we going to hit?
2: No one liked it. Some Midnight Rider. A little
1: Midnight Rider. We, we do a good we, harmony we with we that. Some that. action.
3: We both that's play good. guitar it's, with that. It's okay, but it's. Well, that, we're
2: picturing that's good. you guys having a drink. You're doing the bro thing. You're at the bar. It's It's hey, got bro. It's yeah. bro. bro.
1: Cheers, man. <laughs> hard to handle by the Black Crows. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That now, would get you guys. You know what?
3: That's the middle ground. I think I could get if, into. If it you're right going to be
1: cheering and saying, "Hey, bro," it's uh, hard to handle by the Black Crows, 100 percent of the time. What yeah. about
2: Jimmy Buffett?
1: Um, Not yet. Th- that is that's, that well, comes well, later,
2: third no, set,
3: actually. But that was one of the few people that my father, my biological father, and I could agree on. Mm. We would actually both listen to Buffett. Yeah, right yeah. before the Uber home. <laughs> right before I left the home. You mean? Right. So anyway,
1: Buffett well, is an acquired taste. It is. You have to be like
3: you thirty-five have to live, plus. You, you have to live in Florida and a closer to Key or,
2: West. Or that really you are the like better. shorts and loafers with no Not socks. Necessarily, <laughs> I think you just have to have
1: life punching the face so much that is that you, why I liked Buffett.
2: I didn't see Buffett him. so damaged. Is he that damaged of a person? I didn't no, know. No, he's
1: lived a very charmed life He's for he, the uh, most part. He's right. the opposite of damaged, and that's why you are attracted to him. Yeah,
2: I'm not attracted to him. <laughs>
1: okay,
3: okay, we can we probably guys, get off on you this. You guys <laughs> go, no, go. No, no, keep no. on this all night. We'll, we'll figure that out okay. later. <laughs> we'll figure Jimmy so Buffett you out you guys <laughs> have had a label approach you then. Right. And to write, and, and the name of this label was Eminent. Eminent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Eminent records. So we will be looking forward mm-hmm. to an EP from you guys. Absolutely. Soon.
2: How, far? Yeah, are we you talking can, about um, oh, Over the oh, next three or four we're months. We're still in songwriting mode. I mean, there may be a song that we write that someone else produces on their own album before we produce ours, but that's okay because that's, uh, there's some songs that I feel like maybe wouldn't fit our first album, but it would fit somebody. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, I'm super excited about it, but it's going to be a little bit of time, I think, before we... I mean,
1: I mean, to answer your question, I think we'll be in the studio shortly, um, probably three or four months. Three or four months. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay.
3: In the studio.
0: I'm going to hit you guys with another bourbon question here. Okay. All right. Change of direction. Boom, boom, boom. Go for it. You guys get to make a choice. You get to choose one bottle and a person to drink it with. Past, present, pick any bottle, any time. Any person, who would that be?
3: Who's going first on go this first? one? Oh, April's going first on this one, folks.
2: 1792. It's just so good. There's just no denying it. Um now is that the
0: 1792, just the straight, small just batch. Just the
2: straight, small batch. It uh
3: that ended up in the creek with the
2: fish. It ended up in the creek with the fish. Ch- up in the creek Unfortunately, the fish. I know. Poor you fish. know what? Those fish, though, if you're gonna go,
3: what a way to know, go. You know, if huh? you're
2: gonna go. Might as well drown in Jim oh, Beam, you know? April,
3: that's morbid, morbid.
2: <laughs> I mean, why not? It, they felt no pain, well, Peta, right? They feeling was all no over pain. They feeling me. no pain. Oh, I know, right? Those oh my poor God. fish. <laughs> it's like that's the most humane way to go. Pita. come on, man. But Hey, you know what? It's that's an accident. The beautiful river. <laughs> they didn't mean to do that, and it was hit by lightning. It wasn't like some idiot, you know, lit up a cigarette. In the middle of the, you know it was an accident things happen yeah yeah they, they're gonna get fined but 1792 with who i'd love to say someone famous but the, I just who i love the most is my late grandpa See, and yeah. and Dope. you know he actually had a sort of a drinking problem before i was born and it was back when you know that's just what people did they drank a lot smoked a lot it wasn't really a problem or alcoholism were a disease and they either coped with it or they got in trouble with it and and it started to affect his life and he decided to to do the right thing and he completely stopped it was about the time I was born and so i had you know grew up with this amazing man he it's like he, he could you know he couldn't just have a little bit and enjoy it unfortunately and that happens you know sometimes um so but he became he was this great Wonderful grandfather influence for me. He had his doctorate. He was a professor of business and did amazing things with his life. Um, and uh, he he knew his boundaries and he had good self control and he was a great example for me. But I always wish now I was I was twenty when he died. So. But I, I do wish that I had been able to just have like a drink with my grandpa before he went. Like, why not? And he died of cancer. The last five years of his life. He was battling it. He, ne- he never went back to the alcohol. He, he d- just didn't. Maybe he was worried about it affecting him with the chemo and everything else. But I would just like to have some 1792 with, with my biggest fan. I mean, if I would pull out a guitar and play, I mean, if anyone was talking while I was playing, he would shut them up. I mean, he was just always had my back, came to every basketball game, every performance, everything I ever did. Um, had total faith in me, and I miss him very much. And I think that's you know a famous. I don't know. I'd have to really think well, about no, it. Well, no, that,
3: but that's perfect. But because that's that's, that's what would culture. mean them
2: absolutely. That is bourbon I culture. I want to share right my favorite bourbon because yeah. I never got to that with age. What's one of your favorite people? Yeah. Absolutely. What you're, about you, babe? You're exactly what about you, Cole?
1: right. No, that that was beautiful. <laughs>
2: Aw.
3: So, so Cole,
1: I think I'd have to go with uh, a bottle of Jack Daniels with Frank Sinatra. Wow. He was the man who made Jack Daniels popular. Yeah. Oh,
2: tell the story real quick.
1: Tell the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah real quick. Uh, oh, it's a short story. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jack Daniels was nothing uh, when Frank Sinatra was was touring. He happened to like their, their brand, and uh, he promoted it everywhere he went. And that is why Jack Daniels is such a staple today. It's because of Frank Sinatra. Well, uh, I didn't and know that. But about that's it. cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. wow. Uh, he he just happened to like it. <laughs> he didn't. He wasn't sponsored. He just every every show he did. Um, actually, I bought the uh, the Frank the excuse me the Frank Sinatra uh, level Jack Daniels uh, at the Jack Daniels Distillery. It's like uh, you know, it's it's one of their pricier. Uh, it's purchases. not cheap. Mm-hmm. It, it's not cheap the But Sinatra you get to have one. a
2: cool box <laughs> but
1: You get the box You get the, knee, the uh, nice the display case mm-hmm. Do you get you his get... greatest
3: hits with that or no? <laughs>
1: wouldn't have <that> be great <laughs> You don't no. get the greatest hits oh, You get a little booklet uh, That tells you how he influenced the, the, uh, the whiskey As his career went on and uh, I actually learned a lot from it. I didn't know a whole lot about how much of an influence he had, mm-hmm. but uh, I love Sinatra's music. And then I read that booklet, and I'm like, he he made Jack Daniels,
2: and that, it's good. They deserve it. They, they <laughs> weren't
1: they weren't going to have right. the standing that they had right. without his endorsement. Mm-hmm.
2: Well,
3: you know, Jim, we don't have a problem. You know, giving a shout out to our Tennessee cousins. That's I right. think you know. Um,
2: if I had to choose someone famous, it would be. It would be who everyone says I sound like when I sing. It'd be Stevie Nicks. Oh, have a drink with Stevie Nicks. Oh, that girl and I could share some stories. Just being in her presence would make me a better human.
0: Yeah, I saw her at the first Bourbon Beyond. So.
2: We saw her too. Was yeah. that last year or the year before?
0: Yeah. Were you up front where she was telling everybody to quit smoking? We yes. were.
2: Yes. <laughs> she, yes. She was very honest about it. I thought, well, you know, it's making her... Feel bad. She's got to say something, you know? We
3: were there. We were yep. right there with you. Mm-hmm. Yep. We might be singing a little different song, like on the edge of 70 mm-hmm. or something. But it's <laughs> 17. <laughs> right. But you know. Hey.
2: Have, uh, yeah.
3: So we understand that there's a wedding in the future.
1: There is. We're about... Uh, Almost we're, a year out. We're a year and a couple months so out. Cole so Cole
2: likes even numbers. So we picked 10 10 20, 20. October 10th of
3: 2020. Oh my goodness. And it gives us plenty of time to save a bunch (laughs) of money that
2: we get to just blow. Right. That's what weddings are. So big wedding? Not big, but but (laughs) exclusive and fancy. We want to have the Gatsby theme. And every, I, I would love it if the if everyone changed into flapper girl dresses for the reception, that kind of thing. We're going to do
1: a small guest list. I do have a tux. I, have saying. Big. I, have a t- I own a tux.
2: We just want to be so beautiful. And all,
1: all old fashioned music. Mm-hmm.
2: All, all the groomsmen are going to wear like blow ties with the suspenders and the hats and the but cigars. But you're not and- going to play. No. Not at our wedding. You're not no. going to sing to each other? We do weddings.
3: Really?
0: We You're do weddings. you
2: not to sing yeah, we, to
3: each other? Really? Well, you
2: know, we actually have talked about it because I actually may or may not be writing a song that I will play on our wedding night or wedding day for him. The only problem is- I may or is, may not
1: be playing a song for our vows. So. Well, that would be amazing.
2: Um, but the problem is with a guitar player like myself is you can only have your nails so long- and I want beautiful long nails on my wedding day, but if I'm that playing, doesn't
3: stop Dolly Parton. She tunes those open chords. You no know, I, I know
2: she's the only human alive that I've studied it. I don't know how she does it. it doesn't make sense like physics. It, it doesn't make she sense. She tunes
3: an open chord, and then all she's she got to do is
2: it's. She's yeah, they're like two inches long, and she's hitting the notes like they're nothing, but. So I don't know. I might want long nails and not play guitar. Maybe I can get someone else to play the song for me and I'll just sing it for you.
1: Oh, I'm a a pianist.
2: You're a pianist. (laughs) We're actually going to debut the piano this weekend at Madison Garden Bar in Richmond. Um, You'll probably air this after we're there, but that's okay. If you guys go to- (laughs) We've been practicing. Yeah. If you guys go to facebook.com slash, uh, I think it's Whiskey River Live, you're going to see our logo. It says Whiskey River with a little guitar through it. And if you look for Whiskey River, Richmond, Kentucky, you're going to find us. Um, And also on Instagram, we're at Whiskey River Music. You can find us there. And our website is whiskeyriver.live, L-I-V-E. Mm -hmm. Um, So we try to keep everything updated. I always try to post something. We're playing just about every single weekend in Um, Richmond or Lexington or between that or a wedding or music festivals. We're going to be in the Manchester Music Fest uh, the weekend of August 29th, 30th, and 31st. Um, Check that out, you guys. There's going to be some amazing, amazing bands there. I don't know. I mean, how we got picked up for that was <laughs> there's a, there is a video on our Facebook page of Cole singing with our daughter. And she has a developmental delay in speech and communication, so she can sing, and and music in general affects her deeper she, than she just words and speaking. She so doesn't
1: speak well, but she sings.
2: Mm-hmm. She sings, and so he's um, singing a song with her. And the guy who recruited us said he, he's like, "That's literally the only video I needed to see of you guys." Oh, that's <laughs> was awesome! Was him singing with Isn't our daughter great? and yeah. He happens to sound great in it, which is a plus, but it was about the moment. And I think I put like a caption, like some of the best musical moments are right here at home with the kids and, and they love music. They try to always come downstairs and grab a cajon or a shaker with us. They're seven and nine. So they're real little and influential and think that we're so cool, at least for now, you know, <laughs> for now, yeah, enjoy so, now but right. enjoy those
3: moments. There right, you go. Right, right. So plans for the future besides your EP. The wedding and
2: the music and, and the, the EP. Yeah, yeah. Gosh. And raising children and living and drinking bourbon. What else are we doing? Um, that, <laughs> That's that, about that was, that was it. You just named it. <laughs> right. Well, I'll hopefully finish my doctorate in a couple of years and be teaching. I'd like to teach at EKU right there in Richmond. Um, and uh, we might have a mobile bartending business ready by then. I'd we'll sure see. like that. Yeah. I, I'm,
1: I'm looking to start a, a mobile bartending business right now, a private bartending.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and a blog you're starting. So you
1: yep. would do special events
3: or just go mm-hmm. park on like, the street corner? Mo- like weddings. Or <laughs> no,
2: like weddings. Because... Uh, He's just so great at making drinks, as you could see. I mean, he just put on well, a nice vest and and he's so polite to everyone. He's always been just great with people in the bar scene and handling that. You have to be a certain kind of person to yeah. handle all that. And um, it, there's money in it, obviously, with weddings and special events. You see mm-hmm. a, a polite guy behind a bar who knows what he's doing.
1: You know what? And it, it's a great alternative to uh, what a lot of wedding venues are offering. Mm-hmm. You know, they usually... Offer you a package, you know, for $1,000, you can have all this booze, but right. what you don't drink, we keep. And, mm-hmm. and that, as you can that's see- not what you want. Right. <laughs> and with
2: the drink we made today, we're, we're, we have a lot of these drinks kind of written down, just nice concoctions we've made. And I like to rename them and give them funny <laughs> names. Like, you know how, well, we did the, this basil, a strawberry basil sour, and you have to smack the basil in order to get all the- Wonderful scents that come out of it, and so I said we should call it smack of the basil. I want to call it smack of the basil. We're gonna (laughs) smack smack of the basil. Smack of the basil. (laughs) basil. The summer smack, you know. Um, Summer smack. The summer smack. So and is is that better? That's oh, they're both. I like the summer smack.
1: Summer smack.
2: Mm. And so, but if you smack it, you have to say smack of the basil. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Some people tear it. I didn't. didn't We smack it. All right. You didn't say that.
0: Well, you guys. So you are on Facebook. You mentioned mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram
2: mm-hmm. at Whiskey River Music
0: at Whiskey uh, mm-hmm. Twitter.
2: Same. We don't do Twitter we're not yet. On Twitter. Yeah, it's just so much at once. Like we're we, just the we're, second we're, year into our music, twits. so <laughs> <laughs> we're not tweet, we're not tweeting. But like the president hogs all the followers anyway. So, um, but for right now, we just have the Facebook and it's it's at Whiskey River Music on Instagram. Um, whiskey River, it's whiskeyriver.live is the is the website, and then Facebook is facebook.com/slash whiskey river live.
3: So check out all the social media. Whiskey River may be flowing near you soon, and we appreciate you guys hanging out with us today. This was fun. Thank and, you. And telling us a little bit about yourself, and uh, I think with that, Jim, we'll just uh, call it a day and drink a little bourbon here, buddy. Let's drink What's a think? little
0: bourbon. All right. Sounds, sounds, good. sounds good. Thank you so much for Thank having you. us, you all right. guys. Thank you.